Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of one-on-one with Jasper Cole. This is Mr. Jasper Cole, and I am sitting in a very balmy, comfortable 119 degrees in Palm Springs, California. Uh, you know, it's a dry heat, as they say. Um, I have to say, though, I, I did take a about an hour uh, walk earlier, and there's something to be said about low uh, humidity, because I, I swear, I, I grew up in humidity, so I'm, I'm really sensitive to it, but... Even though it was 119, it, it didn't feel a degree over 110. Um, anyone, anyone and everyone, please, please follow us on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S. We also have a show page, one-on-one J. Cole. You can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to jaspercole.com, and there's a, pay, uh, a link for the show, and you can click on that. We are on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Spotify, and our, our home base, our website that carries our show um, tonight at 7 uh, Eastern Time. I mean, I'm sorry, 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern is BS Podcast Network. And I always remind people that our live show from last week will re-air the following week on BS Podcast at 7 Pacific, so one hour for now. And that was uh, last week was Carlo Mendez and Nick Thurer. So anyway, this has been an amazing day because um, a lot of historical events happened today. I was also, for, for myself, I went and got my very first COVID-19 nasal swab test, and I did one of those do-it-yourself in the CVS uh, drive through window. That was fascinating. I'll talk about that a little bit when I bring on my trusted co-host, who I think is patiently waiting on the other line. So without further ado, please welcome Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. Woo! All right. Howdy, Ralph. I need you to Grab your tote, put on your coat, get in the boat to cross over the moat and go and vote. <laughs> yes, indeed, you got to vote. Hello, are Planet you trying? Are, Hello, are, are you trying to channel a little Jennifer Holiday? It is a little bit of Jennifer Lewis. Okay, you better go ahead and vote. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, Lord. Wow. wow. Thank you. Welcome to my life and my world, Planet Eartha. Thank, welcome to our world, Jasper and Ralph. We're here to entertain you and inform you. Inform you. And, and you can't leave here today without saying you learned something, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can't say <laughs> that. Or maybe, or actually maybe you will learn. They will leave here. They may just leave, period. But anyway, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, today was a historical day because the amazing civil rights leader and congressman John Lewis 
was laid to rest in um, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that's my home state. And he represented the uh, district of Atlanta amongst in, uh, the major part of his district was Atlanta. But I know, Ralph, you and I both watched um, the eulogy today, especially when uh, Barack Obama spoke. And, you know, I just keep saying I, th- this show is for is entertainment where we, we don't tend to get political on this show. We're here to keep it light. But then there's certain t- there's just certain events in the world that um, I think we have to talk about because this is not a political day, uh, regardless of what party you're in. It's just a it's a celebration of John it's, Lewis's it, life. You're exactly right. And people will always try to politicalize anything, Jasper. Be free to speak what you want to say. And speaking of freedom, that's what John Lewis was all the fuck about, okay? From birth until he died. And that's what Barack concluded about. What you're saying is absolutely right. Yes, of course our show is about entertainment. But you know what, Jasper? Politics is entertainment. Mm -hmm. And we would be remiss as carefree and wonderful as we are to not talk about the subject of the day. I mean, it's, that would be absolutely ridiculous. This is historic. This yeah, is major. It's very historic. And you know, I mean, I, it's so ironic because I moved here 33 years ago. So he actually started the year, you know, repping Georgia. Right. The year when I you moved. and Becky moved here. Exactly. But even though I was living here all the past 33 years, you know, it would almost be like if you left, California, but your parents were still here, you, you know, you would follow, you would still follow and feel a part of California politics, even oh, if absolutely. you were living, living oh, in absolutely. New York. Yeah. So I felt in many ways that um, I, I felt connected to him from Georgia. And, you know, growing up in Georgia, I don't know if a lot of people realize this. I mean, the iron, here's the ironic thing about the South. You know, there's all the stereotypes of the, the racism, and it's not a stereotype, but what I'm getting to is you, it, on one hand, you have the stereotype of the, the white racist and the white nationalist, but you got to remember, it's also the home where all the major black African-American civil rights movement took place. And so like in the Ebenezer Church today, which is where Martin Luther King preached, I, you know, I got to also grow up in an area where when you went to Atlanta, every other street was named after a civil rights leader. So it was a it, it's a beautiful blend of the two. And mm. the problem now is what we've gotten away from there is the politics has divided a, a city like Atlanta and a state, which actually has so much history that if they would just come together and celebrate, you know what I mean? They could, they could mm. celebrate the progress they made rather than backsliding exactly. um, further away from it. So I, I may have taken it for granted at times growing up there, uh, not realizing the, the the fertile ground of where I was living in terms of what kind of history was being made. And, you know, John Lewis had that great phrase about you want to get in good trouble and necessary trouble. And you know how I am, Ralph. I just I was always mouthy. In fact, my <laughs> my niece, Brooke, who I love dearly, and we are not on the same political pages but it doesn't matter i love her dealer she calls me her ma- uh, mouthy ass liberal uncle mm. and that that is my favorite like if it if i could go back and change all my social media which 
it's, you know, I've had the same one out there for so long. I would like to be hashtag mouthy-ass liberal. Because well, I think I'm going to have to start nicknaming you the acronym, which is Malu. <laughs> you know, I mean, how how can we pass on that? I mean, mouthy ass, mouthy liberal, ass liberal uncle, is what she Malu, me. Malu, or, like, Malu. What you? What sounds better to you, Malu or Malu? No, Malu. We're gonna call like you Malu. Malu. I think Malu yeah. just kind of rolls. You are off Malu. The so when you go on set up in August next month and um, they ask what your name is or you have to label something like you have to label your nasal swabs so Uh no one else will Uh use it you just just put M-A-L-U and they'll be like um what is that and you're like a maluger and they'll be like malu and you'll be like mouthy ass mouthy ass liberal that's me hashtag Okay, now what else do you need from me? <laughs> no, I mean, don't you love? I mean, don't you love that? Because that's how close I am to her. Like I said, we don't, you know, we don't agree politically, but she's she's probably the more uh, progressive of her family, right? And so more likely to be pushed to the liberal side. Well, and she was so much like my mother. We she she loved my mother, her grandmother so much, and so she's feisty and and you know, speaks her mind, mm-hmm. but that, you know, that's what John Lewis stood for. His good trouble, necessary trouble, um, phrase that he was known for is what we, we need. And, and, you know, we talk about there, there's just no accidents in life. You know, there's, you know, I believe as I have said many times that there's no coincidence that in my opinion, while there is a virus squatting in the white house for the last four years, there's also a pandemic, a virus that's, you know, infiltrated the entire world. And on a mm-hmm. social level, and then you have the, the protests and the rioting, which, which is what goes back to the 1950s and particularly 1965, you know, mm-hmm. the famous Bloody Sunday with John Lewis and the, um, and the crossing the bridge in Selma. I mean, it just, I can't be the only one. And I know I'm not the only one, but the, the, the the parallels are so profound to me and to me it just it's so clear that we're right at that point where we have a choice on November 3rd that we can change history and take back our democracy and we have a chance and I always believe not to get too spiritual woo-woo I always believe that light eventually takes over darkness you know when the room is dark, you turn on the light switch and the light comes on and it takes away the darkness. So I think, I think we have a chance if everyone gets out and votes on November 3rd, um, that we can right this ship and, and now, try to get I, back. I completely agree. And to John Lewis's point, he said voting is a nonviolent way to create change. Right. Right. And, you know, the the whole Voting Rights Act that was uh, taken away, you know, there's a new bill. They're calling it the John Lewis bill that they've that's been sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. It's been sitting in the Senate waiting to be passed. And, you know, Ralph, the other thing is our the the, the, the orange man that's in the White House right now. I mean, he he didn't even which in a way I'm kind of glad he didn't even mention Lewis today, because in some ways, like, I don't even want that that hypocrisy out there. But, you know, no matter what I thought of um, George W. Bush as a president, I've said many times we (laughs) we would just beg him to come back right now. But it was just nice to see him at the uh, memorial service today. You know, and he said in his 
eulogy, we certainly didn't agree all the time, you know, but the, the days of being able to disagree politically, are, they, they, they're gone. I mean, it just seems like because of who's in the White House, there's no reason to try to have a discussion because we're talking about a virus. In my opinion. Oh my God, Jasper, you are just making my skin tingle just with the truth that you are speaking. Because I am thinking about, <clears throat> we're nearly peers. And think about when we were growing up, how you'd be voting for the president and the vice president and the secretary and the treasurer. And we would put, you'd get your poster board and your markers, and you would be having these rallies, you know, vote for me mm -hmm. and stuff. And it was competitive, but it was a good competitive, like a good right. trouble. It was a healthy competition. And now that has and, – and for the poor parents now that have to try to teach their children those same values in today's atmosphere is just so fucking hard. Because oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I have a you know, I have a first I have a first cousin on Facebook today, and he you know we don't agree politically. I I've, I've as you know as people know I I do not bring politics into my business. So if you want to follow me politically, if you go to my personal page, I put it all out there. But I also request on my personal page, please do not post supportive posts about Donald Trump. This is not the place to do it, right? I mean, you go post on your own page, and I also won't disrespect you and come on your page and criticize Trump. But I have a first cousin who I let slide a lot because he's family, I guess, and and he he just got in this nasty thing today with some people and, you know, told people to fuck off. And, and I was just like, that's it. I'm done. And, you know, even family now, I have to block you. It's like if you're that disrespectful and then quite – Honestly, if you're that stupid after what we've watched for four years and you still want to support this racist, then I, I can't. I, I can't. Like if you voted for him the first time around, I'm going to give you a pass. I, it's hard for me to say that, but I'm going to give you a pass. But if you still support him four years later, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I, I, I don't understand it. And maybe it's not for me to understand because having said that, it's everyone's God-given right to vote. And so that is what's most important. Go out and vote on November 3rd, but do us a favor and vote for Biden. <laughs> right. But no, but Jasper, I know what you're saying. It's hard. <clears throat> Your words are heartfelt and vibrant and passionate. And it's hard to separate. That's why you gave him a pass, because he is your cousin, and he mm -hmm. is a blood relative. He's also a stupid fuck, and you're not afraid to say that either. And the way we feel, and this is the way you and I are. Uh-oh. Ralph? Oh, I think we – I think I lost you, Ralph. Oh, well. I think what Ralph is trying to say, and I'll I'll just say here again, you know, back even back when George W. Bush was our president, and you know, there may have been times uh, that we we felt like, oh my God, how are we going to survive Bush? I never once felt like Bush was out to destroy democracy in this country. You know, I never felt like he was against the country um, and that he was dividing people. 
purposely with with some idea of wanting to become a dictator or anything like that. So I, you know, I think looking back, you know, be careful what you wish for. We had no idea how bad it could get um, once Trump got into office. But you know what? That's again, I, I today is the day of celebrating the life of Congressman John Lewis and um, being thankful that we have that we had him you know, as for as long as we did and that he served his district and he served his, his country and, and, and that the fact that he left the planet at this time of uh, change and potential change and hopefully great change that's going to be coming is really exciting. So anyway, listen, we're so excited about today's show because we have two guests. We're always really excited when we have double guests. Um, coming up in just a few minutes, our first guest is Emmy-winning actress Erin Cherry, who likes to be called Cherry, and we will be calling her Cherry. She is from the amazing series After Forever, and we've been so blessed uh, to have on uh, Mitchell Anderson and Kevin Spiritus on our show um, from from the great show After Forever. Um, she plays Brenda on the Emmy winning series and we're going to talk to her and I've never met her. I'm a fan of her work. So I can't wait to, uh, to talk about that and how exciting for her to, you know, to win an Emmy and we'll get into that. And the, the nighttime Emmy, the primetime Emmys were just announced this week and you know, that that's going to be virtual just like it was um, with the daytime Emmys a couple of weeks ago. And then at the top of the next hour, we're going to be joined by another a uh, wonderful actor from a digital drama. We're going to be Keelan Ellis is joining us from a show that I'm a producer on Bronx SIU, another Emmy nominated show. Uh, he plays Tarek or Tariq on Bronx SIU. And he'll be joining us, joining us at the top of the hour at seven o'clock. So we've got a great show. Just remember that this show will post shortly after we finish tonight around seven 30 um, it will go back up and then it will be available on all the platforms. Um, Ralph got disconnected, so he's going to sign back in quickly and we'll get him back on. But in the meantime, without further ado, I would like to bring on our very special first guest, the talented actress, Miss Erin Cherry. <laughs> Cherry, Cherry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love the claps. I, I love that. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> as performers, we, we're not getting a lot of claps these days, so we need to get as I mean, many as we can. amen to that. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, listen, I, yes. love, I, love your, I love that you go by the name Cherry. That makes me very happy. That just, that just seems like happiness all together rolled into one. Um, welcome to the show, first of all. I'm a big fan of... Thank you. Your work, I'm a big fan of the show. Like I said, I've known I've known Kevin for years, and we had him on the show, and I had not met Mitchell all, all the years in L.A., but it was such an honor to have both of them on. So um, I wanted to start – my co-host, Ralph, unfortunately got disconnected, and I know um, – hold on, Terry. I think we might have – do we have Ralph Hi. back? 
Yes, Ralph Cherry, Cherry has joined the show. Oh, Cherry, hi. hi, welcome. Hi, Ralph. Hi. Oh God, I, I'm so so sorry. I missed your intro. I wanted to go Cherry, Cherry, Bowberry, Banana, Fanta, but you get the rest. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah. Cherry, yes. I wanted to start by saying to you, your Emmy outfit was fierce. Oh yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Are you talking about the pantsuit or the dress? The pantsuit. I'm hoping the dress. The pantsuit? Oh, yes. The, the pantsuit. I just thought you looked so great in that that I wanted to start by saying that. And then, of course, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's still surreal. See, Cherry, I look at her every Cherry, day. we get right to the important here. stuff. We go right to the fashion <laughs> yes, first. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, that um, outfit, I was looking be, um, for African and African-American, specifically black designers, and Belle Kisu, I found her, and um, she um, helped me put that outfit together, and I was just like, you know, it was important for me when somebody asked me what I'm wearing, you know, right. it's like support Black-owned businesses, and so that's why I, I chose that outfit. You worked it out, Cherry. It, you, it looked nice the way you were sitting when you were seated, and then, of course, when you stood up. And you were so authentically humble and shocked, you know, because you and Katie are up for it, you know, and you turned around and to look at her like, girl, hey, you know, <laughs> and, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and it's just that, like, that nerve-wracking moment, like, whose name is it going to be, you know, because everybody is so fierce, right? And the way you reacted when your name was called said it all right there. I mean, you, it was, it yeah. was wonderful. Yeah. Cause that can go, that can go either way. Right. You know, sometimes when they, when they announce the winner and you know, there's been, there's been cases of other actors that just can't fake it. They can't hide their, their disappointment, you know, on their face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've all been, we've all been shocked. watching. Yeah. I could tell. That's what was nice about it. We could tell you were genuinely I wasn't shocked. expecting to win any of that. I wasn't expecting to win. And of course, like Ralph was saying with, um, um, with Katie being nominated with her and then just so many other people and um, like Crystal Lee Brown from Giants. And it was just some, I was in the ring with some good people and Mm -hmm. um, I literally was not expecting to win. I was like, you know, this is my first time at the Emmys, my first time getting nominated for something. I'm just going to come look good on the red carpet, drink, (laughs) eat, you know, be married. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, that's it. And when they called my name, it took a second for me to register it. And then, you, and then in the video um, that Allison sent me of my reaction, you see Kevin pushing me to, to the stage <laughs> because I literally could not move. He was like, go, go up there. I could not believe they called my name. And it was the first award of the night. Right, right, right. And so I but, was just like, I was, a, I was a hot mess just at the beginning. And then when they called my what? name and then... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say what's kind of nice about, I guess, being the first, you know, you kind of get it out of the way in the beginning and then you can just sort of sit back and enjoy and you don't have to be nervous the whole night waiting. Listen, as soon yeah. as they walked you off stage, Cher, you were like, where's the bathroom? Let me go pee again and now I can relax for the rest <laughs> of the evening. Thank you. Okay. Hold this for me for a second. Thanks. Because I don't want to bring it into the bathroom. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Listen, backstage was such a whirlwind because when, um, and, you know, and it was all new to me, right? Because mm-hmm. I was backstage 
thinking, did I thank my mother? Did I thank my mother? Because mm. I didn't write anything down. And so now I'm like, when I'm going for my EGOT, which I want, I'm like, right. I'm going to write everything down now next time because I see why people say write things down mm-hmm. because I everything went blank. I couldn't find the yeah. words. And then you go backstage, there's cameras and lights in your face, entertainment tonight, asking you questions and mm-hmm. everything. And it's just... Yeah, it was, Overwhelming. it was a blur, but I would I would do it all over again. It was, uh, I was it was so surreal. Oh, that is so great. Yeah, and the, I watched one of these interviews you did after winning, and uh, you were just so grateful, you know. And it was just so nice to see you're beautiful and you're so feisty and fun on the show. I don't know if Jasper mentioned to you. Well, you know, we've had several of yes. your colleagues. Oh, okay, so you know all that and about D- David. Yeah. D- a friend of ours but um yeah you're just so fun on the show so congratulations and a lot more to come with all that thank you so much I, I love Brenda she's 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 very very fun and um I can't wait for people to see where she grows into um when we are able to do the third season because you know right now everything's shut right. down but um I really enjoy playing her and she's fierce you know she's fashionable she's mm-hmm. fun Mm-hmm. She loves women, you know. She's just, you know, it's she's, yeah, she's all things that I. She's great. Yeah, she's yeah, she's all things good. You're fierce, getting to play these roles. It's like um, you're in well, a very me, very good spot. Let Jerry. me ask you, you, Terry. So how um how did the was this an audition for you? Did you know Kevin or or my, the writers or tell us about this whole process? Is this just a uh, a standard audition. How did this all happen for you? Um, I it was a meeting, which was a very new experience for me. It was one of those things where um, Slade um, received my name from a mutual friend of ours because he was looking for someone to um, play Brenda, and he hadn't quite found someone. And we met for coffee, and we talked for hours, just having a good time, energy wise. We talked about the character. We talked about um, the script because he sent me the script, and, and you know, for me to read. And um, I gave him my input about how I felt about Brenda, and, and I talked about where I saw her going. And then after having such a good time with him, he <laughs> literally said to me, it's between you and someone else. And I was so bummed, but, of course, being in the business, you just go about right. your life. And so right. I went about my life. You know, at the first couple of days, I was like, please call. I want this part. And then I let it go. And then the moment I let it go, that's when he called me. And he was like, it was about two weeks later. And he was like, I really want you to come and play Brenda. I really feel um, you're the best woman for the part. And that's what happened. Huh. So it all came from over coffee, which it was a new experience. Oh, I'm at the on. meeting level now. And <laughs> can you sure. ma- yeah. remember, remember those days when we actually, like, went and had coffee with people? You know, like the... The, yeah, yeah. the last six months we've it's become like oh my god you mean like when you were talking about the emmys you know just the fact of a red carpet or yeah. a, a, an, an award show again i mean everything has changed so much and you know i know you're in uh the new york area right are you in manhattan mm-hmm. or yeah mm-hmm. so so have you been there during this entire pandemic i have been i um want to, you know, fly home. I'm, I, I'm from Las Vegas where I grew up. And, um, but it was just in the beginning, you didn't know how mm. long this was going to be. I didn't have all the answers, you know, this damn administration has given us a different 
things right. that are, you know, you don't know who to believe. And so mm-hmm. I just didn't want to risk flying home um, to my family and getting them sick, even if I don't have symptoms. So it was just by the time all that was over, it was like, um, let me just stay here, stay put, don't get on a plane. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. it's too dangerous now. And so I feel like I missed the window, but, you know, I talked to my mom a lot and I'm quarantined by myself, which can be hard, but I'm by the water. So I go for walks and, you know, drink, there's wine, lots and lots of wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's right. Sherry, you're so, I really like you. I'm, you know, it's so fun when you watch people on TV and then, and you like yeah. them on, you like their character on TV and then you get to meet them. And you're one of those people. Cause like, it's like talking to Brenda in a way, you know, and yeah. <laughs> because, because Brenda is just so, you know, just there pleasant about it, but you know, come on, let's do it. And I understand what you're saying. You make such a good point. Let's realize some things here. You're fortunate that you are able to stay in New York and not mm-hmm. have to go somewhere. And I also wanted to bring up, you have a lot of firsts in your career. It was the first time having a coffee meeting with a potential director mm-hmm. and w- with a potential life changer. And it was your first time at an award show. It was your first time winning an Emmy. So how nice to have these fun firsts about you. You know, it's just a fun ride, you know, and because you're so gregarious anyway, it's like, yes, go take those walks and be by yourself in Manhattan, girl, and just think, <laughs> I have an Emmy. I don't know what's next, really. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm just waiting to see what is going to be emailed to me or messenger to me. You know, I don't want to actually touch anything. So if you could do it via email, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, yes. What? But you know, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph is from Ralph was raised in LA, but he spent 20 years in Manhattan, and now he's been back here for a number of years. But um, did you did you go straight to New York from? Tell us your journey in acting. Is how did this start? Did you start acting in 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 Nevada, and then you went to New York, or how did this all start for you? Um. My mom was into seeing plays and the arts and taking, you know, and doing all that even before I was born. And so I um, was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, where um, mm. my, my dad's from. And um, my mom is from New Orleans, very Southern family. And mm. um, the earliest memory I have of me um, getting into the theaters, my mother took me to a production of to see for colored girls when I was seven. Mm. Mm. And, oh, wow. Um, that, and that's the first memory I have. Um, she's taken me to see things before that, but that's the first memory I can just remember exactly how I felt. I remember sitting in my seat, looking at these women in these beautiful dresses and the different colors. I had no idea what was happening on stage, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And I looked at my mother and said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And my mother was like, oh, okay, now I have to be a stage mom. And she tried to figure oh, that Lord. out, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, so she looked at me and was like, Lord, out of everything you could pick, that's what you want to pick. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know what? When you get bitten by the butt, we, you know, we all got it. When you get bitten, I always say yeah. it's a, there's no cure for, there's no vaccine for it. But you know, so so Cherry, we do a thing. Ralph likes to do a thing called boomerang. So I know he's about to boomerang, but I just want Thank you to you, know, Jasper, you are too his, funny. His mother is from Louisiana. So go ahead, Ralph. Do your boomerang. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so funny, Cherry, when good friends know you, right? I, I knew he was because, dying yeah, to jump in. So you know, ahead. I know he's like, I know Jasper is thinking, Cherry, oh, Ralph is just chomping at the bit. Yeah, I'm waiting surprised for Cherry he didn't to... cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> take, go ahead and take your moment, Ralph. Go My ahead. dear mother, um, whom I live with, uh, Cherry, is from Ruston, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's and and our a, a dear dear client Jasper about Denise is from. Oh yeah, my my dear my producing partner Denise Boutte is from uh, Maurice, Louisiana, which I guess is near Lafayette. But um, yeah, yeah. So in fact, she's back there right now. But but no. So so you had that initial. I think a lot of us have that too. Like my mine was the Wizard of Oz. But uh, you had that initial moment where you said, "I want to be doing that." But you know, there's there's a long journey from that to actually doing it. Right. Yeah. I was, um, you know, just dance classes and theater and pageants and all these things that my mother supported me in. And then I did undergrad at UNLV and then I decided I needed more training. And so I went and I got my MFA at Rutgers university in New New Jersey. And um, I, I, I studied there and I studied with um, William Esper, rest in peace, and mm-hmm. Maggie Flanagan, mm-hmm. and I and they kicked my ass. And um, it was the first time, really, in that training where I wanted to. There was times where I was like, I I don't even know why I'm doing this. So many days where I wanted to just walk out of class because it was so hard. But now mm-hmm. when I look back, it's it's like, oh, thank you. I'm glad that they were tough on me. I'm glad that they instilled in me a way of working and a sense of artistry and a way of just being an artist and not just wanting to be a famous Hollywood actor because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And they, sure. really, they really instilled in me, you know, if I want to be 92, 95, like Cicely Tyson and still be, mm-hmm. have a mm-hmm. show like Being Mary Jane, I really yeah. need to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? But yeah. Cherry, don't you think? I mean, you're you're young, you know, you're much younger than we are. But do you find? I mean, there is. Again, I'm not going to be that old guy complaining. But we've talked <laughs> about this on past shows. Well, I guess I kind of am. But we we've talked about this on past <laughs> shows where there's there just seems to be the, a lacking of that, right? You know, and I'm not I'm not knocking everyone's got a different path into the industry, right? I mean, so, mm-hmm. but. I just think when I hear people like you and we had a wonderful actress on a few weeks ago as well, who's from Carnegie Mellon, you know, it's, it's, Mm. I don't think there's anything that can replace that kind of training that you've had. Mm -hmm. And, and, and regardless of which area of the industry you went into, like you said, I'm sure there were days when you're thinking, God, how am I ever going to really use this in my career and how this is going to really help me. And, but just having that foundation, I think, puts you already at a big advantage when you when you start your career, even if it's just giving you the confidence that others won't have because we we didn't get that training. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And the thing that's frustrating about um, what we do is that it's someone can look at us on TV or film or on stage and go, that's what I want to do. And then they, they go out and they try to pursue it. And next thing you know, they're on some set or, Mm-hmm. For some people, they get it and they and they get there and they don't and they realize, oh, this <laughs> is a lot of work because the mm-hmm. really good artists, actors, make it look easy, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you look at, if you look at Missy Copeland, you go, oh, I cannot do that because you oh. see the work and the hours and the days and the, and the, and the time she's put on her toes, right? Mm-hmm. right. It's not the same when, with actors who are so good. Like it's just so simple, the simplicity that they have. And then you go, oh, I can do that. And the next thing you know, you're in a show for eight days a week on Broadway or off-Broadway, and then you're like, oh, how can these people do it? And so that can be frustrating for me when I hear people who are just like, you know, I just want to act, and they don't want to put the work into it. And then right. you don't real, they don't realize how much work goes into it. So that can be a frustrating thing. And also, too, we're competing now with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you see these younger generation. It's like you can be an Instagram star. You know, it started – with American Idol is like where these singers come right. on, you vote in and you can make an album. You, you um, put up a YouTube page, you get a certain amount of followers. And next thing you know, you're an actor or a singer. And it's not the same because mm-hmm. I just feel like for me, when you look at somebody like um, a, uh, like a Beyonce or somebody who you see that they put the time and the work and the mm-hmm. energy right. into where right. they are, but then all of a sudden now, here comes this new generation. And I'm not trying to hate because I know it's different. But the thing is, right. are those people are going to be around 50 years from now? Mm-hmm. Do, they, mm-hmm. do they have the longevity? Exactly. And exactly. But to what you just said is so true. You know, we, we all three, I think, kind of came from a, a theater background as well. So mm-hmm. when you were talking about eight shows a week, you know, and again, I, I've, I've always been the first to say I used to have this thing about, well, I thought. I thought it was just a natural progression. You would do theater and then you'd move to television and film. But then when I started doing TV and film, you know, I realized that's a whole different beast and that's a whole separate craft and you don't have to have done theater. But I think theater is the one place. It's really the only medium where once the curtain goes up, you know, once we walk on stage, we get to sustain this performance for the Mm -hmm. entire two hours. And, you know, in TV and film, it's, we love it, but it's, you know, it's a little bit here and a little bit there. And you, I, I don't know. How do you guys feel? Oh, it's oh been... darling, even when I'm off camera, I'm still performing. Well, that's a whole other, <laughs> right. That's a whole other problem that you have, right? Listen, Jerry, this is, this is something I learned a long time ago in a mm-hmm. wonderful production called Sisterella. And one of mm-hmm. my co-actors said to me, we were coming, it was after uh, Act One, and we were at the Pasadena Playhouse, and we were all coming downstairs for intermission on our way to our dressing rooms. And one of my friends said, child, I have to act more offstage than I do on. And <laughs> I always remember that because when you came down to the green room, because it was such a loud production and a lot of paparazzi, you know, a lot of celebrity surrounding the show, there was always some drama or some politics that we had to maneuver through as the performer. Right. So mm-hmm. th- that one remark always just stuck so true to me, you know, like sometimes you're acting more off than on. <clears throat> yeah. I was, like, thinking, like, I was thinking Sunset yeah. Boulevard when you said that I was like, Oh yes, you have to, you know, when yes. you're off stage and it's a sun, you're still acting like Sunset Boulevard, that movie it, reminds me of that. She was yeah. so dramatic off stage. You know? Off stage, really. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in real life when the child will say, stop acting, mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, listen, if, if you're just joining us, Ralph and I are sitting here having a great kiki with the wonderful Emmy-winning actress, Erin Cherry, or Cherry, as we are referring to her now. Uh, she stars as Brenda on the Emmy-winning series After Forever. And also, I want to talk about your 
uh, Sundays with Cherry on top, your YouTube, because uh, you have your own talk show as well. And tell us, tell everyone what they can expect on that show and, you know, how much do you love doing it? And is it just sort of a, a free-for-all kind of thing every Sunday? Um, I There's an aspect of the show that I miss because when I started doing Sundays with the Cherry on Top, the vision was um, the first season I have up on YouTube is me going around New York City and interviewing people in person on site. Um, like there's an episode where I'm at the Apollo and I'm interviewing the executive producer of the Apollo and then I'm interviewing um, uh, Kendra Frazier at the Hope Center in Harlem and Jonathan McCory at the National Black Theater. And that's the aspect of vision that I really want to have with it is that I go around to different Black-owned businesses. Um, I go to talk to Black people in the arts and really give them a voice and help amplify the voices that you don't get to hear or see a lot. And so that's how that's how the show was born. And then I shot um, season one, and a lot of people loved it. And then I won the Emmy, so I didn't really have time to get to season two because um, winning the Emmy, it was like I'm meetings and I'm all these auditions, and just people wanted to get to know me. And so once I was able to get season two, and I had um, season two in the bag to go out on site and interview people, the the, the, um, the pandemic. Hit. Right. <laughs> and so, oh, um, and so now, yeah. And so now I'm, t- I have taken it to my IG live just for the time being, because I was, okay. I wanted to, A, I wanted to stay creative in some way. I didn't want, um, you know, cause some days are hard. Some days I wake up sure. and I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. And then mm-hmm. some days I wake up and I'm like, I want to be creative. I have to keep that going. And so I decided to do the IG. So it's still the um, premise where I amplify black voices but it's just more on IG Live, and it's me checking in with them, seeing how they're doing during this um, pandemic, what kind of things are they doing to stay artistic, to help people who are watching, um, give them ideas, and what are they doing for self-care. So it's a way to pay it forward and talk about things, uh, and also to let other artists know, regardless of their um, you know, ethnicity, background, creed, anything like that, that they're not alone. Like, this is a hard mm-hmm. time for all of us. Right. A lot of us sure. don't know. If we're going to work again, I have friends who are moving, who are like, I, I can't do this anymore. And I have friends who are like, oh, I can act from anywhere. I can put myself on tape. I'm going to, I'm going to go back home to, to wherever. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's been really um, hard seeing some of my circle of friends really go through it. You know, it's right. been really hard. And so that's why I was like, let me do this IG. Let's just have a conversation. Let's just see each other, you know, even though we can't hug and, and hang mm-hmm. out, but let's, is it, if it's the way, if there's a way for me to be able to keep some positivity going on, I want to continue it. Cause I wasn't going to do it at first. I was going to just wait until this was over. And then I was like, well, how, what if this lasts for a year or two? I don't want to. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask yeah. you, is it, is that the best place? To, is that the at cherry notes on Instagram? Is that the best place to, to, to connect on that, or is that the at Sundays W Cherry on top? Where where can people? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sundays with the Cherry on top is where you can see the interviews. Um, I did. I do what I normally. What I'm doing right now is I do the interviews on Wednesday in the afternoon live, and then I um, have it. I record. You know, I download it, and then I drop it on my YouTube channel on Sunday because when I started the show. Um, with season one, 
what I did was I just I went out, I interviewed, I taped the shows, had them edited, and then edited. I would drop okay. an episode every Sunday, right? Got and it. so that, and I want to keep that up once I'm once it's back. I I want to. It's a place for people to go on Sunday to get a good conversation. And, um, you know, some of the videos are 15 minutes, 17 minutes, depending on who the, um, the person I'm talking to. And I want to continue that. That's why I came up with the name Sundays with the cherry on top is because the goal is to drop an episode every Sunday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and don't you find, and then let me ask you, have you growing up and then into your adulthood, have you always been, I have a feeling I know the answer, but have you always been sort of, um, socially aware and obviously politically aware and, and wanting to, you know, talk about what's out there and especially affecting the um, African-American community. And do you want to talk any at all about Black Lives Matter and what's happening with our situation now and how that's, I mean, it's, it's, the timing is just so horrendous in one respect that we're dealing you know, we're dealing with a pandemic while this all this racial unrest is going on. But I said in the beginning, I, I, I don't think it's coincidental. And in some ways, I think it's probably the best thing that can happen. You know, the timing was probably perfect. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been having this conversation a lot with myself and with my, and with my friends. And yes, I'm very politically engaged. Um, I get that from both my parents. Um, um, they went to Southern University. That's where they met. Mm-hmm. Very, very polit- They were engaged politically on campus, um, and I just it's been instilled in me. And my and my family is very engaged. And I just you know with George Floyd being the catalyst, which is um, mm-hmm. unfortunate. But you know when you look at history, there's always a catalyst in some way, and blood has been shed in some way. And um, it just. I honestly feel this is a conversation I had with myself just going through it. If we weren't in a pandemic, if we weren't, if we were just going about our everyday lives, George Floyd would have just been another hashtag in a different way. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Yeah. And so, and the fact that everybody's home, everything's shut down, um, people are wrestling with themselves spiritually or whatever they're going through. And to be able to see this video, I haven't seen it. I refuse. I can't. Mm. I can't do it. But um, just hearing about it, and you know, reading about it, and then seeing the world come together for Black Lives Matter, I have never experienced. That. I mean, a lot of us right. haven't experienced that in our no. lifetime because, in the past, <clears throat> going to protest um, with the Mike Browns, the Sandra Blands, the Tamir Rice, mm-hmm. it's you, a small group of people, and predominantly black. African-American, right? And so right. now to see so many people of different backgrounds coming together and then looking at it around the world, it overwhelms me because my what I don't want to happen, I feel like we just can't go back. There's no right. way we can go back if the whole world is marching, if the whole world is protesting, mm-hmm. if George Floyd is a catalyst for this change, we cannot have him um, have his name be in vain. We have to continue to move forward and we have to fight as you as you said jasper get this virus out of the white house we have right. to, we have to vote him out we have mm-hmm. to do it yeah right. i think no, you're, you're so right because sorry ralph i was just going to say i think what you said about we were all home and trapped for in a good way you know we were forced mm-hmm. to kind of watch this and see it and you know it's interesting because we kind of from the moment trump got into office you know it kind of started with me too and 
you know, we saw these icons falling, the Bill Cosby's, the Harvey, well, I'm not saying Harvey was an icon, but you know what I mean? We, it, yeah, I and so it, it, in many ways, I keep saying, I, I kind of want to thank Trump in a way for just, you know, being his, his horribleness is what's also helped to wake people up. And then it, I think the awakening happened in the midterms in 2018. And so, you know, it just progressed onto where we are, are now. And so, it's uh I don't know like you said it, as artists you know all we can do is sort of speak out and let our work try to pick projects that you know enlighten people and and put our voices part of the reason I continue to do my show online instead of going back in the studio is what you said I just thought it it it's it, just to have a presence right now right and to keep mm-hmm. yeah keep bringing artists together to talk and and um it's just we keep saying about it's we're not going to go back so we have to talk about how it's going to be and even in our our business i'm about to start my first project next month you know uh acting wise and there's but you know we've all had this fear around it and i've come to this conclusion that i think in many ways the set's probably going to be one of the safest places you know so much work yeah, and effort mm-hmm. gone into it that it's going to be safer than the general population right now so and i don't know how you guys feel but i think in some ways even after there's a treatment or you know i think we're going to keep this kind of safety measures intact just to cut down on all kinds of other viruses and the flu and stuff like that. So there's been good, obviously, that's come out of this, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be strange to see what the new normal is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I agree. We're, yeah. Kind of, we're kind of learning as we go, right? It's, it's like, a, you know, learning Cherry, did, I went to Trader Joe's today, Cherry and Jasper, and mm-hmm. I I haven't been to this particular one in a while. And I was just – because before you used to have to queue up down the parking lot six feet apart uh, Mm. before you could get in. So I was wondering what it was like now. And it wasn't down the parking lot, but there was a small line to get in. And as I was approaching, we all had our masks on and our bags. And I just thought, wow, this is what the new normal looks like. It's still such a evocative and – eerie look to see people all wearing masks and Mm -hmm. there's some there's some really basic one i mean we all have to do it but some are just so like wow that really is a great look like a fedora and the mask (laughs) and the glasses it's like it's like invisible person you know and it's like and this is our new world now you know so um I know what you're saying. None of us know what the new is going to look like, but that was one of my, to your point, it was one of my observations, like something as regular as a Trader Joe's and just the way they have it maneuvered and navigated in the store with arrows, you know, of the directions that you can walk in. It's just, it's a whole interesting, it's a whole interesting thing. Well, Cherry, I was going to ask you, like when Ralph talks about Trader Joe's, you know, I know in New York, you know, the Trader Joe's, I remember I, I went to the one, uh, I, I forgot where it was, but you know, you have less space. So how, when you go to a market, like it, it, in the city there, are, are people lined up as well outside or, cause in Cal, you know, we have like parking lots here and stuff. So we, we forget sometimes like in the city, you don't have, 
the bigger spaces for for that kind of thing? Do do people line out now still to get in, or how is it in? Yeah, in they the have them. They have a um, tape outside where you know where you they have the tape. They measure them out, and you have to stand on on those tape lines. And then they all, and since the stores are smaller, they let a certain amount of people in. So you you can't just walk in there. It's though if when five people walk out, they'll let three in, or if, mm-hmm. you know if they let five in. And so they have a person um, monitoring um, when you come in and out and how many come in. And and while you're shopping, they even have um, someone over the mic saying, please keep in mind there's people outside in line. You know, if you can um, cut your time in half, it's just a whole crazy thing, you know, because sometimes for me before this, I would like I, I would go shopping and it would be a peace of mind thing where I just put my headphones on. I'm listening to music or a podcast and I'm just taking my time and shopping. And now I have so much anxiety shopping. I never right. thought I would have anxiety shopping. Mm, so I know, I know. Just to go I get know. food to eat, it just it stresses me out. And then coming home, and then I'm like, I have to wipe this stuff down. Like, I just, you know, it's, just, it's a mess. I know, it's a mess. Yeah, no. Go ahead, Ralph. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't going. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say it's, um, but uh, New York has, I have to applaud New York and Governor Cuomo. You know, you guys were you guys were the hardest hit and now you've been yeah. able to really flatten the curve and, and it's amazing, you know, and, and are you finding what's the vibe in the city, you know, or are, are people sort of, is there a camaraderie? Do you find people are cooperating with each other? You know, is it, what kind of energy is in the city right now? Mm-mm. See, and that's another, I was, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend. I am, it's looking like New Orleans out here. These people, oh, Lord. I'm just like, people are forgetting that we're in a pandemic, right? I'm like, we flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. And then I am, I am for people who don't know or may know New York, I'm in Hell's Kitchen. Okay. And oh, so, I love that area. You know, and I, and I love it too. And there's a lot of bars, there's a lot of restaurants. And so Cuomo doesn't have the bars open. There's, you know, so everything is outdoor seating. And so um, a lot of restaurants have bought patio seating and, 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 and umbrellas for people to sit outside and drink and eat. And late at night, there's people coming out standing in the streets like New Orleans and drinking to the point where Cuomo is like, if you have too many people standing in the street blocking traffic, doing all these things, I'm going to take your liquor license and then we're going to give you citations. And so, and I get that people want to be out. I do because I am. Be, I'm being strict with myself. I'm not. I'm not playing around. I'm not messing with this, right. this Rona. But the thing is, um, I just feel I. I see people hanging out, and I'm like, I just people are forgetting that we're in a pandemic. Or Jerry, I don't, I don't, thank you for yeah. saying all of this. I'm. It's so refreshing to hear somebody like you just be adamant because I'm the same way. Cause I, and I live with my mother also elderly mother, mm-hmm. but I would still be doing it like you by myself. You know, it's just mm-hmm. amazing. Jasper and I have had this talk over and over. It's like that mayor, that government mayors are like trying to create incentive programs for their citizens to wear a mask. I'm like incentive program, bitch, put the mask on. <laughs> Stay you know the fuck at home and just yeah. ride it the fuck out. We are so spoiled as, is it, a, should I say, American human beings? You know, because yeah. Other, yeah. 
American yes, human yes. beings, we are so fucking spoiled. It's like, guys, we need you not to go to the beach for the next four weeks. Oh, no, fuck that shit. You're not taking away my rights. Oh, my God. It gets all murkied and muddied. And then, then we have our, you know, just our very prestigious Black Lives Matter movement. And then people are saddling onto that. It's like, well, if they can have their lives matter, mine can too. And I'm not wearing a mask and blibbity blop. You know, and it's like, wow. That coupled with begging people to fucking vote, Cherry. Girl, listen, just, the, the way that this is politicized, the way that this administration politicized this damn mask pisses oof. me off royally. I know. It's like, That's are amazing. you serious that we're, we're literally having a divide about wearing masks? It's right. like, I can't, get, I can't get over this. This is just, that That's to me blows my mind. That there I know. There are people and, in, in this country that are like, I, I'm, I have a right to not wear a mask and I'm going to um, just get get you sick or I'm going to get it. I don't care if I get it. And the way that he politicized it and he got away with it, I would think that was something he would not be able to get away with by saying everybody, you know, Dr. Fauci, we're gonna, I need you to wear the mask. Because if you look at all these other countries, they all put on their mask and they're all That's real. Right. And who's not That's open? Right. Us. Yes. Well, Thank and, you, And Sherry, I have to tell you, you know, we, California, you know, we got uh, applauded because, you know, we shut down early and we were doing so great. And listen, our very liberal Democrat Governor Newsom, he, cal- you know, he caved in and yeah. he opened way too early and we are just out of control. And so my prayers are that that this does not happen to you guys because we we just we did the same thing. We opened way too early. You know, we we now the difference is you guys had really flattened your curve. We had not mm-hmm. flattened our curve before to the point we needed to be before we reopened. But I, it just the hypocrisy that kills me is a lot of my Democrat liberal friends. We're always the first to go after the Brian Kemp's and those Republican governors who rightfully do need to be criticized. But then when our own California governor fucks up, no, nobody will criticize him. You know, I'm kind of like, guys, you can't, we can't be complaining one way and then do the exact same thing. You know, we have to call out our own when they they mess up as well. Yeah, Guys, yeah. Because like, the DNC is not perfect. Democratic governors and the DNC are not perfect, and they have to be criticized too. Definitely, I, I completely right. definitely. agree with that. Completely. Listen, yeah. Jerry, it's like when you give credit to somebody that you don't like, but if they've done something like a fellow performers, let's say, mm-hmm. and you don't like okay. them personally, but then you see yeah. their work, you give credit where it's due. I'd like to just um, add one more boomerang, just to oh, keep things God. a little right. light. Yeah, I know, whatever. You're going to yeah. do two boomerangs in yes. one interview? <laughs> Jerry, wow. I, wanted to let, I wanted to let you know that <clears throat> there's a, there was a television show called Cold Case. And on that show, I played Cherry on top LeSure. Right. And uh, <laughs> I forgot. So, I love that. Oh, my God. Yes. So I just wanted <laughs> oh to – Oh, my God. I, I mean, I'd be remiss – Cherry, if I uh-huh. didn't say anything, and so I just wanted to get that out there. Okay, Jasper, you can go on now. <laughs> and you could probably you could probably go on his IMDb link. I'm sure the demo reel is there, and probably oh, I'm gonna go look for that. I love Cherry. Cherry on <laughs> that top is there. I might have to steal that name. I might have to okay. steal that name. <laughs> no, go on and take it, Cherry. It is yours, girl. Oh, my gr- goodness. You are such a treat. You have a great, great head on your shoulders, and I feel like 
you you embrace all that John Lewis tried to do. Yeah. And what Barack Obama talked about in the in the eulogy today is we're oh, trying to gosh. be the most ideal person. And that's what we were all raised to be. Your mother raised you to be a polite girl. And your mother embraced you when you said, Mama, this is what I want to do. And we were all raised with those right things, Cherry. And now we're seeing that being ignored and obliterated. And when when the police officer doesn't represent safety or like, Oh, thank God the police is here. Nowadays it's like, Oh no guys, don't come. Thank you. We got this, Mm-mm. you know, Ooh, don't call, don't call. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't call them. Don't call them. And <laughs> so it, it is just like, we, like Barack said, we still have a lot more work to go. Everybody knows that it wouldn't happen overnight, but I do feel that John Lewis's death is another profoundly timely incident along with the pandemic and along with this election coming up and along with earthquakes, girl, because, um, you know, happening too right now. Right. You know, but, and the (laughs) fires, let's not, let's not forget the pesky fires. So, you know, it is. And it's heat. Ooh, it's hot in ways that I don't remember. And I grew up in Vegas where it's hot, but I was like, this is different. Well, Cherry, I live in, I'm, I'm now, I'm in Palm Springs, so I kind of have that yeah. Vegas weather like you, but you know, we don't, remember, you don't really have the humidity in Vegas in here like you do back east. That's true. So, yeah, you know what? So, well, guys, listen, this, I can't believe it. The time, we could talk to Cherry, and I would love to have you come oh, back on. Because, I would love um, to come back. I love this. The yeah, time Cherry, thank you for doing this. Oh, my God. We're thank you such for having fans. me. I want Absolutely. everyone to be sure to know they can follow you on Twitter at at Cherry Axe, A-C-T-S, mm-hmm. and be sure to check out, uh, of course, Sundays with Cherry on Top on your YouTube channel. Also on Instagram, it's at Cherry Notes. Just Google Erin Cherry. Everyone, please go and watch her as Brenda on After Forever. And thank you so much again. Stay safe. And uh, hopefully we can all work together one day. That would even be. I, I would love that too. I would better when I'm, in, when I'm on the West Coast again. When this is all over, I'll have to look you guys up, and maybe we can have a. Uh, oh my God, that oh, would be amazing. Absolutely, that will be the best. Yes. Take care of yourself and stay safe, my dear. Yes, same to you guys, and I'll talk okay. to you guys soon. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you, Bye bye. amazing all right oh my gosh she's amazing thanks for checking out one-on-one with jasper cole check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released subscribe today on itunes stitcher and youtube